Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. In Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. Verse 9 says, And when... And then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of a temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourselves down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. When Satan can't beat you, he joins you. Oh, we're, we're going to quote Scripture. I'll quote Scripture. I can quote Scripture. Psalm 91, verse 11. He'll give his angels charge over you to keep you. In their hands, they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I think we all probably struggle with this temptation. Like, if Satan were to bring you to the top of a high building and say, just jump, <laughs> be like, oh, I'm tempted to. No, we wouldn't be tempted to, would we? No, Satan knows that Jesus understands that the angels are going to protect him until the time that's appointed for him, right? We see Jesus pass through the crowd. We'll see that next time. As Jesus passes through the crowd when they're getting ready to throw him off a cliff. They're like, go. And then all of a sudden, he's like, where'd he go? Start to grab the wrong guy. Ah, <laughs> I don't know. But, but Jesus is brought to this, this high, high point of the temple, and the, the place has to be filled with people, thousands of people, all the Sanhedrin, all the people who are important are standing there, and Jesus can see all of them. And he says, just throw yourself off and watch what happens. Be like, Dumbo, you know? And, and everybody will be amazed. It's a sign from heaven. Look, he can't be harmed. But you know what Satan does? He leaves out a very small phrase. Psalm 91.11, in all your ways, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. See, you know, we play those Bible board games, Bible Mad Gab, Bible Trivia. You know what Satan's favorite board, Bible board game is? Scripture Twister. <laughs> and so he takes the, the Scripture and he just takes a little bit out. He twists it around. He makes it to mean something that's not supposed to mean. What were Jesus' ways? Jesus would only do what the Father had told him to do. And here Satan is trying to get him to do something using Scripture. And Jesus would reply. And Jesus answered and said to him, verse 12, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus quoting Deuteronomy 6.16. Deuteronomy 6.16 is interesting because it's referring to don't tempt the Lord your God as you did at Meribah. When you look at Exodus chapter 12, you read that story, and this is what it says. It says, therefore the people contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Now, does this sound so unreasonable? You know, you're thirsty. You can only go so many days without water. How many? Three to five. I guess if you're super hydrated, right? I mean, you can't go very long. 
And, and so they're thirsty. This is a basic need. And, and why is this such a bad thing? Moses is their leader. Shouldn't they demand water from Moses? No, because God is the one who brought them to the Red Sea. God is the one who brought them into the wilderness. And God was the one who was going to supply all their needs. And so contending and blaming Moses and saying, you're the one, it's your fault. And, and saying, you know, God brought us out here to die. They're tempting the Lord. And then there comes a point when we're in stress and we, we're completely overwhelmed and, and we can raise our fist to God and say, God, why are you doing this to me? You need to do something now. You need to fix this. This is your fault. It's really sad. Don't tempt the Lord your God. If you tempt the Lord your God, is he going to fix it? Probably. He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in mercy, abounding in loving kindness. But not always. Sometimes he just puts you in time out or snuffs you out or whatever. You know, I think of Ananias and Sapphira. They tempted the Lord God, and what did he do? He killed them. Pretty wild. I think Ananias and Sapphira are in heaven. I just think that God made an example of them. Nadab and Abihu, Korah and the rebellion against Moses. <clears throat> Sometimes God just removes the obstacle if you're going to be a problem. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Don't do things saying, well, God will, God will forgive me if I do this. That's not the point. Yeah, he's going to forgive you, but how, what kind of devastation are you going to bring on your life and among, among everybody else if you do that thing that God clearly says don't do? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. It's always to trust in the Lord. It's always to put our faith in him, even when everything seems to be going out of control, even when we don't see a resolution. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just like, especially over this last year, I just want to turn to Romans eight twenty eight just to make sure it's still there. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You know, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life that I've been, the, a constant prayer in my life has been Psalm 13. How long, O Lord? How long until you answer my prayer? How long is this going to go on? And maybe it's that kid who, who's just not going in the right direction. You know, they, they, they left home and now they're just, you don't know where they are, what they're doing. And your heart is aching and you're saying, God, please, how long? How long do I have to suffer with this cancer? How long do I have to, to go through this trial? How long, O oh Lord, until you deliver me? But here's the thing that we know, guys, is that we, we will always be delivered. He always leads us to victory. I, I can imagine what Job went through for months as he, he went through the suffering that he went through. How long, O oh God, until I'm vindicated? And you know what? God never told him. He never gave him. Why? He never told him why. And I, I have a professor who would say, well, I just don't like it. I don't like it either. But you know what? Paul tells us that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There is no suffering, even Job style, that we're going to go through that aren't going to pale in comparison to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. And so even though life in this 
in this life, that our trials in this life are going to overwhelm us at times. And there seems to be no resolution, and maybe there never will be a resolution. That God has something greater that's going to far surpass that in glory. And we can bank on that. We're going to heaven, guys. We're going to heaven. And so we shouldn't tempt the Lord our God. Verse 13, it says, When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until a more until an opportune time. Okay, this is getting inconvenient. We're going to wait till it's more convenient for me. It's crazy. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing when the temptation is ended. Oh, I, I love what Matthew says. In, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, it says, The devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. They brought him angel food, cake, and coffee. What a perfect end to that horrible temptation. First John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 tells us this. And, and this is really where we got to get our... This is what this whole section should teach us, what John tells us in First John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, notice this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. That last one, I didn't mention it, but that last one was the pride of life. You know, desirable to make one wise as Eve ate of the fruit. That, you know, look at all, or I mean, throw yourself off the temple and let everybody see, let, let everybody exonerate you to see that you're something special, the pride of life. John says, these are the things, the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, don't be driven by those things. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, to and fro, right? Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are, not experience, are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Satan looks for those opportune times to, to take you out, to whittle you down. It's when you're weak. It's when you're frail. It's when you're worried. It's when you're stressed. That's when Satan pounces like a lion on you and bites you. It's always the one who's in the back of the pack, the one who's suffering, the one who's struggling, who has a wounded leg that gets taken out by the cheetah or the lion or the, the bear. Actually, I don't think bears hunt like that. But anyway, you know what I mean. <sighs> How do we resist him? How do we resist steadfast in the faith? We, we remember God's word. We remember God's promises. We co- quote God's word. Who are we quoting God's word to? The devil? Ourselves. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 991 2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmet.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.